The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 142 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, the Spurs rolled into Milwaukee and had another beatdown on the road. This score was 130 to 94 bucks over the Spurs. Obviously, the Bucks are super talented. Giannis Antetokounmpo led the Bucks with 31 points and 14 rebounds. And if you don't know who that is, just watch the finals in June, and I bet you'll probably see him playing. Uh, he's, he's pretty solid. The Bucks are pretty solid. Uh, coach Budenholzer, former Spurs assistant for a lot of our championships, is their head coach. And uh, they just really took it to us. That drops the Spurs record to 19 wins, 54 losses overall. That is uh, 73 games deep into the season, which means we have nine remaining, ladies and gentlemen. And this forgettable slash unforgettable season will be over in these nine. Drew, what do you think about this Bucks game? What do you think about the Spurs effort? And uh, just kind of your breakdown and analysis of this one. Yeah, I think I, we expect this. Giannis, what a game. In only 24 minutes, he had 31 points and did everything else. Another rough shooting night, 38% from the field, 23% from three-point range, and turned – wait, hold on a second. We turned the ball over 19 times. Not a great game, and I expected it. The Bucks beat us by uh, – what is that? 36. So we'll get to stuff later, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, we're going to listen to Kata Bates-Diab's post-game interview, kind of talking about the quality of the Bucks and what the young guys can benefit from that. I mean, aside from all their talent and experience, they just do everything, you know, the right way every single time down. You know, they don't make, make many mistakes as a championship little basketball team. That's probably why Pop said that, you know, that's where you want to get to, that's where you want to get to. That takes time, but you got to learn against teams like that, that have been through it, that veteran guys, really, really good players, obviously all-star, MVP, all that kind of stuff. So I get what he means. With uh, Kelvin out and you know, Devin trying to pick up the scoring burden, um, you like that he kept just putting him up, putting him up? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I'll never tell him to stop shooting. He's proven that he can score, score a bunch of score the best of them. So I would never tell him to stop shooting. I want to keep shooting those shots. I feel like, every, I feel like my memory, every shot he shot was shots we've seen him shoot and make before. So it wasn't like he was taking out of, out of uh, character shots. Jeremy's been having nagging problems with his, with his leg, just injury after injury, little yeah. injuries. What does it say about his toughness that he's out there and competing? He, that, what he does all the time. That he wants to be out there. You know, I mean, this is a big year for him. He's, he's growing a lot this year, um, playing through injuries and all that. And, you know, I think most of us are as well. But he's, he's you can visually see that he's going through some stuff. But he wants to be out there, wants to play, wants to get better, wants to help us compete. Um, you know, that, that's what I love about him. All right, so talking about Sohan there at the end and just the young guys and what they can benefit from playing a championship caliber team. I think if you take your focus that way for this young Spurs team, I think it's important for them to play 
good teams because you see what it's all about and what better way to learn than firsthand experience and getting walloped by them sometimes. Sometimes I believe that a loss will help you grow in the long run. Big believer in that philosophy. But uh, anyway, that was Katie Bates Diop. I thought with a great interview, great perspective. Now it's time for our Tankathon segment. This is where we do a Tankathon draft lottery, kind of see where the Spurs end up, and then comment a little bit on it. If you want to listen to some of our previous episodes, we talk about a lot of these guys. We'll do them one more time before the uh, the draft, but uh, we're, we're kind of getting you ready because that's what this year is all about is the lottery and, and the rebuild. So let's see where it ends tonight. Whoa, we just keep on dropping. Tonight we fell to number seven. Number seven. And if we get that pick, number seven, Drew, who do you think we're going to end up with? Yeah, that number seven pick, I'm going to go with Nick Smith there. But I think this is the farthest we've ever gone. We've gotten six a couple times, five a couple times. But seven is the farthest I think we've gotten. Nick Smith, you can watch him tonight on March Madness against UConn. I think that'll be a good game. But, yeah, Nick Smith will be... At seven, I believe so. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think it's really interesting that we uh, dropped to that seventh because this is a good lesson in lottery school for you ladies and gentlemen listening to this is that's actually the lowest we could drop with this with where we're slated because even if the other picks go in the lottery, they slot it from worst record and then continue on after that. So, if none of the first three teams get one of the top four picks – then they fall into the number five pick will be the worst record team. The number six pick will be the second worst team. And then the number seven pick will be the third. So that's the lowest we can be is number seven. So you know you're getting a top seven player in this draft. For me, the top seven player that we would get if, the, if that fell to the Spurs is going to be Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. Six foot seven, 225 pounds. He's still 18 and a half years old. Um, but, you know, he's done really well for Villanova. Big body guy, but he can also shoot the three, 35%. Uh, this year he averaged um, his per game. He was 12.5 points a game, 5.3 rebounds a game. Um, chipped in a 1.4 steals. So really defensively he does get his share of steals. But uh, an athletic front court type, post type player. So that's Cam Whitmore. All right. That brings us to the top two, bottom two. Drew, who are your top two? Yeah, on my number one of the top two, give me Jeremy Sohan in this one. Coming back, having 13 points, six rebounds, three assists, shooting six of 14 from the field in 23 minutes. So Sohan is my number one on the top two. And my second on the top two, give me Kata Bates the up with 14 points, three assists, two steals, four of nine from the field, and one of four from the three-point line. Let's hear who you have on that top two list. All right. Well, I have KBD as well. I, he was my number one. I'm a Kata Bates Diop fan, and uh, I really like the player that he's made himself into, into you know, what he's become. 14 points, three boards, three assists, knocked down a three, and I just really liked his game. And he's been steady, and I'm glad he gets the start. I hope he's around for a while. I don't, I don't know what the future is going to hold for him. But if, if at the very least he's an end-of-the-bench role player for us, I'm all about it. So, Kata Bates-Diop is my number one. My number two, I took a little flyer. And uh, I know Drew will probably give me a hard time for this one. But uh, I just liked his game off the bench. And he doesn't get many of our top twos for the season. But my man, Gorgie Jing, is my number two. Because he came in and hit two of three three-pointers. 
seven points, six rebounds. Four turnovers. Four assists, seven points, six rebounds, four assists in only 19 minutes of play. That's Gorgie Jing. Four turnovers. And I'm just excluding the turnovers <laughs> odds because uh, because his other stats were really good. But, yeah, he did turn over the ball quite a bit. But um, but he did do other offensive stats really You'll well. You'll see so. about that on my bottom two list. Oh, <laughs> all right. So it looks like we're going to have a conflict. We don't ever go over the top two, bottom two, or rarely go over it before the episode. But I guess we're going to have a conflicting one here. All right, so let's get to your bottom two. Yeah, as my number one, I agree with you with Blake Wesley on this one. He had six points, shooting two of 12 from the field and 0 of 2 from the three-point line and two turnovers. Man, I just really do hope that Blake Wesley could de- And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We had a uh, slight technical difficulty, but back to Blake Wesley, Drew. Yeah, like I was saying, I hope Blake Wesley really develops a better shot because 32% from the field, I hope he gets better. He is very young, 20 years old, 32% from the field. I hope he gets better. But there's a lot of guys that are struggling from shooting, so that's my number two on the bottom two. So let's get into the question. All right, well. Yeah, you only said Blake Wesley. You, he's your oh, second one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. My number two on the bottom two, I'm going to go with Gorgie Jang. Like I said, we had that conflict. But four turnovers, three fouls. That's the same amount as points. And he didn't do enough. Two of three from the field. Not terrible, but he makes my number two on the bottom two. All right. Well, I'll take 6-7% on three-point from – Four turnovers. Yeah, I'm ignoring that stat. Four turnovers. <laughs> all right. So – uh, my bottom two, I also have Blake Wesley, and I kind of stick with my thought in the summer league. Uh, Blake Wesley, I like his burst. I like his energy. I like his effort defensively. Uh, it's just offensively, it's sporadic. You know, you don't ever know what you're going to get with him. My number two, uh, also another uh, rookie, I chose Malachi Branham. And one of the things about these guys, you have to understand this is a long season, and this is probably the deepest they've, for sure, the most games they've ever played uh, in one basketball season. So, and at the highest level of competitiveness that they've ever played. So, some of these young guys, you have to, Wait, learn, develop, but uh, you know Blake Wesley's uh, sporadic behavior with the basketball sometimes kind of kind of leaves me questioning. Uh, even though I like the guy and I like his attitude and mentality, but we'll we'll see how he pans out over the over time. Time will tell. All right, now it's time for the question of the day. Remember, you can always text your question to five one two five four zero one six two six. Tonight's question comes from Greg in Kerbin, Texas. Greg's question was. If you guys had to cut three players from the roster, who would you cut and why? So who would be your three players to cut, Drew? Yeah, my number one, Gorgie Jean, is my number one. It's a bottom two. He should have been cut, but they keep on re-signing him. So they'll cut him and they'll sign him back. So he's my number one. My number two to cut would probably be Blake Wesley. My number three, Kim Birch. Does that count? Sure. All right. All right. That's my three. Okay. Well, my number one um, 
would actually be Julian Champagne, who I like. I saw him with the Austin Spurs, but he's at the he he to me is at the bottom of the roster. He's doing some good things for him, but just today, if I had to cut someone, that would be number one. Um, my number two, I would actually also go with Gorgie Jing, even though I gave him top top two on this episode. I mean, he's old. He's taken up a roster spot, and so I think he I think he's got to go. And then my number three. Uh, this one's really, really tough for me. The number three isn't as easy as the other ones. But if my feet were held to the fire and I had to go number three, I'd probably go Dominic Barlow. And just because of the, the post and the inexperience, and I think it's going to take him a while to get up to speed, I don't think there's many other NBA teams he would be playing with right now. I think he'd still be in the G League. But obviously the Spurs with a lot of injuries and the young rebuild. So I, I think he's going to develop. I'm just saying if I had to cut somebody today, he would be on that list today. Why won't we send him to the G League? Huh? Why won't we send him to the G League? That's where he's been all year. Oh. Oh, you're cutting players from the G League? Well, he's on the roster now. Oh. That's what I'm saying. So he's a two-way guy. And But if I'm cutting one, I'd, I'd have to include him in my list to cut right now. Now, does he develop? Maybe. And next year, would I say I'm going to cut him? Maybe not. We'll just see how he develops. But just if I had to do that today, uh, based on Craig's question, uh, that's what I would do. But thanks for your question, Greg. That was a good one. And uh, remember, you can always text again. I'll say the number one more time because I think I left it off last episode. 512-540-1626. All right, now it's time for this day in Spurs history. All right. My this day in Spurs history is from March 22nd, 2000. And like we just did an episode over us getting blown out by the Bucks. I'm doing one where we absolutely destroy the Clippers. The Clippers at this time were 14 and 55, and we were 43 and 25. We won this game 103 to 78. Leading scorer in this game, can you take a guess? Uh, what year are we talking? Uh, 2002. Two, I mean, 2000, 2000. 2000. If it's leading scorer, I'm going to probably go with uh, Tim Duncan. Yes, Tim Duncan leading scorer with 30 points and 11 rebounds. Our second leading scorer was Samaki Walker. Yeah. And our third leading scorer was Antoni, Antonio Dan, Antonio Daniels, 14 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. And our last double-digit scorer, David Robinson, with 10 points, 8 rebounds. This day is first history. We absolutely kill the Clippers. All right. Yes, sir. Well, that's nice. And those days will be back again Hope. someday. Man. So... Thanks for that one, Drew. Now it's time to preview the upcoming game. And for the upcoming game, the Spurs travel to Washington to face the Wizards. And I will say right out of the gate, uh, there's no Bradley Beal or no Kyle Kuzma. So that's two of their best players, in my opinion. Uh, the Wizards have a 32-41 and 41 record, and the Spurs are coming into this one with a 19-54 and 54 record overall. Drew, what can you tell us about Washington? Yeah, so this Washington Wizards team is the definition of mid Mid team right there, but they're even midder. They're even worse without Bradley Bill and Kyle Kuzma. I can't believe I just said the word midder, but <laughs> that's it. Uh, their leading scorer without Bradley Bill is Kristaps Porzingis. He's averaging twenty three points, eight rebounds, three assists. He's having a good year for a very bad team. We have Monte Morris, who's averaging ten points, uh, five five assists, three rebounds, and Corey Kisper, who's averaging nine points. But really. Bradley Bill and Kyle Kuzma out, that hurts that team a lot. So, 
What are your thoughts on the Wizards team? Yeah, I know. I I think when they're fully loaded, they're they're really good. Obviously, Porzingis, we've seen him for many years on the other side of the court for the Dallas Mavericks, but he's a big time scorer. He may not be the greatest defender in the world, but he he can score. Um, Morris is a pretty good guard for them, but. I think this is a, a better matchup, the best matchup the Spurs have had in a few games for, for a possible win. And, uh, you know, that's, I guess, we'll see how it goes after this game. But I'm going to go with my player to go off in my prediction. So my player to go off on this one is uh, Jeremy Sohan. I expect a big night. I'm going to say Sohan. I'm going to call it right now 30 points. Mark it. Wow. Sohan's going to go off. He's going to have 30 points. And uh, probably come close to 10 rebounds. And I think that uh, his toughness is going to play a big role in the Spurs getting a win by six. So that's my prediction. Drew, what about you? Yeah, you went with the popular pick. I'm also going to go with the popular pick. Devin Vassell as my player to go off. He had 16 points in the last game, but shot very inefficiently. But he's my player to go off. And my prediction for this game, I think I'm going to have to take the Spurs here by eight. The Wizards really don't have much scoring outside of Bradley, Bill, and Kyle Kuzma, except for Brzingis, and he's not going to do the job. So give me the Spurs by eight. All right, I like it. So this is a rare occurrence in the 2023 season that Drew and I have the same winner picked in a game um, that is the Spurs being the winner. Because usually we've we've been off of other teams and maybe on the same page on that, but this is actually one of the rare occurrences that we both have the Spurs winning this one. So hopefully it comes to fruition. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on this episode. Uh, Sorry for the technical difficulties mid-episode, but I think we got them straightened out. And uh, Drew, would you take us home, please? Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go Spurs, go!